Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yudbez, Daf 12 of Masechta Yoma. Chavir, we got a good Daf over here in, in Masechta Yoma. Some interesting things, like the inheritance of Jerusalem. Was Jerusalem divided up to all of the tribes of Israel, or maybe just to a select two? So, that's interesting, Machlokas. Next, the Gartel of the Kohen Gadol, the Avnet, the belt of the Kohen Gadol. Well, okay, the Kohen Gadol and the Kohen Hedyot. Uh, like the regular Kohen, the Kohen Gadol, what was it made out of? What about the belt of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur? These are interesting things. Using the, ah, the, the, now the garments that the Kohen Gadol wore on Yom Kippur, right? So on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol, when he did the Avoda in the Kodesh HaKodashim, he was only wearing the four white garments, which are basically the regular garments essentially, of the coin hedyot that a regular coin wears. The question is, can a different, you know, for the rest of the year, can a coin gadol, can a coin hedyot use the garments that the coin gadol used when he was doing the avoda lifnai v'lifnim on Yom Kippur? And then, interestingly, we have a discussion about the backup coin gadol. So if you have, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the coin gadol needed the backup, what becomes of that backup? What's his status going forward? So, this is all interesting things. So, let's get started on Daf Yud Bezim with Aleph. On the very first line of the Daf, The last thing that we had said yesterday is that we were discussing um, the potential for a synagogue to contract Sara'as. And the last suggestion that we gave, so one, one, one source said that a synagogue cannot get Sara'as. Another source says that a synagogue can get Sara'as. And we said that the distinction might be that, well, a synagogue that's in a big city cannot get saras because it's not owned by any one person, right? And it says, that the fellow who owns the house will come to the kayin and says that, that I've seen something that appears to be like a saras, uh, And because it has to belong to a particular person, so if you have a synagogue in a city, that's people coming in and coming out, doesn't, you know, it's unclear who it belongs to, so therefore it would not contract saras. However, the synagogue in a in a sort of a smaller village kind of thing, so where everybody knows who who, who the synagogue belongs to, so then it can get saras. Okay. Now, is it really true that this that the synagogue of a city cannot contract saras? Uh, but we have a brayza. The pasuk says that you'll come to right kisavo elertz kenana shanino nu nu. What's the pasuk? Is that? Yeah, it is. Is that the same pasuk? No, it's not. Yes, it is. Kisavo elertz kenana shanino sin lachem nachuzav and asati negat tzaras beveis eretz achuzasim. That will give an affliction of tzaras in the house in the land of your achuzav, of your inheritance. I don't know if that's the right word to translate achuzav, but let's go with it. In the, in the, in the, in the, so, Be'eretz Achuzaschem, in, like, the land that you're gonna inherit, I guess, right? Like, is that the right word? Nochel, to inherit, like, that the Ebersh are kind of, like, divided up, Eretz Yisrael, to all the people. Okay, Achuzaschem, Metam Ben-Nagoyim, Ven Yerushalayim, Metam Ben-Nagoyim. So, the Tanakhama is saying that, yeah, the part of Israel that's divided up among the people, that the people inherit, so that... You can contract right Be'eretz Achuzaschem in the parts of the land that is divided up and given to the people. So there, there can be Tzaras. However, Jerusalem does not, is not subject to the Tumah of Tzaras, in the, of the buildings. 
Rebuda says, no, I only heard about the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash doesn't get Saras. But anywhere outside of the Beis HaMikdash, even in Jerusalem, can get Saras. Okay. And Zot Gemara, Vafagav, where am I? Habate, Knesias, Uvate, Midrashas, Metam, Benagai. Right, so it says Rabbi Yehuda, that only the Beis HaMikdash doesn't get Saras, but any other um, synagogues or study halls, Mitam bin Nagaim. They can they can get Nagaim. They can get Saras. Even though they could be in in, 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 in a city. Right? Rebuda is saying that the Besamikdash doesn't get Saras. But outside the Besamikdash, in Jerusalem, you can get Saras. Uh, you, you know, any any building can get Saras, even a synagogue. So why and you know that's Jerusalem, the big city. So why are we assuming that synagogues and cities don't get Saras? Alright, so we could say that Rabbi Yehuda says that no, not, not, not the Makum Mikdash, not only the Besa Mikdash doesn't get Saras, but any Makum Mikudash doesn't get Saras, any holy place doesn't get Saras, and therefore, um, you know, synagogues would not contract Saras. Alright, alright, fine, sounds okay to me. We're, we're going to see that, we're going to end up kind of throwing this out ultimately. Anyways, any Shilas you might have had, Hold them for a shtickle. Fine. But my kamifilgay, what exactly is the machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yehuda? Why does the Tanakama say that you can get Saras on a building anywhere in Eretz Yisrael, but just not Jerusalem? And Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you can even get Saras on buildings in Jerusalem, just not the Beis HaMikdash. Tanakama sabi Yerushalayim lo nishak al-Shvatim, Rabbi Yehuda sabi Yerushalayim nishak al-Shvatim. So the Gemara answers, well, that gets to the question of was Jerusalem divided up to the tribes of Israel? If you say that Jerusalem was divided up to the tribes of Israel, well then it's considered Eretz Achuzaschem and it can contract Saras, which is what Rabbi Yehuda is saying, that Jerusalem can contract Saras, just not the Beis HaMikdash. And if you say that Jerusalem was not divided up to the tribes, well then it's not considered Eretz Achuzaschem and therefore Jerusalem entirely does not contract tuma of the structures of the buildings. And that's like the Tanakama. We've looked at Dani Tanoi, and it's like the Machlokas of the following Tanoi. The Tanya is in Yehuda. Which part of the Beis Hamikdash was in the portion of Judah? Harabais, the Temple Mount. I believe that that's basically the entire area of the Beis HaMikdash outside of like the Azara and all of those things. Like when we talk about the Beis HaMikdash, I think we're generally talking about like the Azara area, particularly like where the Mizbeach and all that kind of stuff is. Like all those, the Shachos, all those like offices and stuff. I think all that stuff is happening like in that, you know, main sort of rectangular area in the middle. Anyway, so the, so the Harabais, I think, is kind of all of Temple Mount outside of that main area where all the Azaras and the Mizbeach and everything was. Halishachos ve'Azaros, so Harabais, so the Temple Mount and all the offices and the Azaras, that was in the area, in the inheritance of Judah. And which part of the Bismikdash was in the portion of Binyamin? Ulam. So that is like the innermost part of the like Azaris, which is 
the ulam, which is like that big kind of entryway, which leads into the heichol, and then behind the heichol is the kodesh kodashim. That was in the area of Binyamin. And actually, as Rashi points out, that it doesn't only start at the heichol, it starts actually a little bit before then at the Mizbeach. So really from the Mizbeach, Achitzon, and inwards was the, was the portion of Binyamin, and outside of that was the portion of Judah. And there was like a strip that extended from the portion of Judah into the portion of Binyamin. That was the beginning of the Mizbech. That was kind of where, that was the Mizbech, where the Mizbech was. So basically, it's a little bit hard to describe. The best thing is if you could find like a diagram. But So the area of Judah would go, you know, into the... Um, you know, the, the, the uh, Ezra's Nashim, and then all the Ezra's Nashim was in the part of Judah, okay? Then you would get into the, kind of through the Shar Nicanor, and you would have the Ezra's Yisrael, and the Ezra's Kohanim, and then you would get up to the, the, the Mishkan. No, no, not the Mishkan, the uh, Mizbeach. Now, the Mizbeach was kind of sliced on a diagonal. So from the northeast corner to the southwest corner. So sort of the out, so if you kind of cut the Mizbeach, which was a square, like diagonally, so then from the northeast corner to the southwest corner, so the part on the right was in the portion of Judah, and the part on the left was in the portion of Binyamin. And Binyamin was, was like Mitzdair. He was uh, 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 like stressed about it all the time, that he wished that the entire Mizbeach could be in his portion. Shinema, as the puzzle says, he was like scratching about it all day. It's funny, Rashi even explains, like somebody who has like a big taiva for something, you know, like, uh, almost like we imagine like an addict, an addict who needs to get his, you know, his, his fix of whatever he needs. He's kind of scratching about it. So Binyamin was always like scratching about this portion of the uh, Mizbeach that was outside of his, um, inheritance. Because Binyamin Atzadik was so passionate about having the Mizbeach in his uh, inheritance, so God made Binyamin his host. Shinemar, as the puzzle says, that, um, that the Abishter dwells among Binyamin's shoulders, i.e., that the Aron, which is in the Kodesh Shakodashim, was entirely in Binyamin's portion. Super interesting, right? So, according to this Tana, so Jerusalem was divided up to the tribes. Part of it was Judah. Part of it was Binyamin. Part of the Besamekdash was in the portion of Judah. Part of the Besamekdash was in the portion of Binyamin. By Tana Sava, Yushalayim lo nischaak whereas the Tanakama, who says that Jerusalem does not contract Saras of the buildings, says that Jerusalem was not divided up to any of the Shvatim, rather it belonged to all of the Shvatim, all of the tribes equally. Titanias, we learn in the Bible, say, Maskirim Batim Yerushalayim, we don't rent out houses, you're not allowed to rent out a house in Jerusalem, because it doesn't belong to their owners, it doesn't belong to any particular person. So even if I think that I own a property in Jerusalem, I can't rent it out to somebody because I don't actually own it. It's owned by everybody. Rebbe Lazar Reb Shimon Omer says Reb Lazar Reb Shimon you can't even rent out beds. 
Therefore, because the hosts of uh, the properties, because the people who own the, the landlords, the people who own the properties in Jerusalem, or so to speak, own the properties in Jerusalem, because they cannot charge people to rent houses or even beds, so the way that they can get uh, a payment is that the people who are staying on these properties, so they come to Yerushalayim, they bring Shalmei uh, Chagiga and Shalmei Simcha, so the hides, so, the, so, the, so these people who, who own, so to speak, these properties, they chop the hides from the people staying on these properties as their payment, right? That Kilu, these people are coming to Jerusalem, they, they bring different kinds of shlomim, different kinds of uh, sacrifices, so, the, so the, the, these landlords take the hides as their payment since they can't accept payment as payments. Interesting. Period. Abayi says, we learn from here that when you stay at somebody's house, you should bring him a, a, a jug made out of pottery as well as some raw animal hides. Keep that in mind. The next time you go away for Shabbos, make sure you have enough time to pick up from maybe Shukmachni Yehuda a raw animal hide to offer your host. Okay, so what do we see? So we see that it's Taka Machlokas about if Jerusalem was divided up to the tribes or not. According to one opinion, it was, you know, part of the Beis Mikdash was in the portion of Judah, part of the Beis Mikdash was in the portion of Binyamin. According to the other opinion, Jerusalem Bechlal was not divided up to any particular Shavatim, it belonged to everybody. So Tanakamu who says that there's no Tsaras of the houses in Jerusalem, he holds like the Manda Amr who says, that Jerusalem was not divided up to any tribes. And, the, and Rabbi Yehuda, who says that you can get saras of the structures in uh, Jerusalem. So he holds that Jerusalem was divided up to, like the Tanu says, Harbayas, uh, right, the Beis Midosh was partially in Judah and partially in Binyamin. Frek the Gemara, Mimetame But one second. Even the synagogues of villages, can excuse me? Can those contract negayim? Right? We we were assuming up until now that 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 okay. So we wanted to say that the maybe the synagogues and cities shouldn't contract uh, tzaras because it's unclear who they're owned by. But at least the synagogues and the villages where we kind of know who owns it. So then, uh, so then it can contract tzaras. But says the Gemara, maybe that's not even so simple either. Can the synagogues in villages contract tzaras? We learn in the Baris Lachuza that uh, you know for for inheritance, right? That by tzaras it has to be a place of inheritance. Ajich b'shu also that you have to capture Eretz Yisrael first. Kav shosav lo chakul l'shvatim. If they had captured Eretz Yisrael, but they hadn't yet divided up to the different tribes, chakul l'shvatim lo chakul l'veisavus. Even if they divided up the land of Israel into the different tribes, but they didn't divide up the tribes into the different families, chakul l'veisavus. Then kol echad makir eshelo. And then even once they divided up Eretz Yisrael and the different portions of the tribes into different families, but if you don't yet know which portion belongs to your family, minayin. How do we know that still? Tsaras wouldn't be able to kick in in the houses. Right? It says that the fellow who has Tsaras of the house goes to the Kayan. It has to be, he has to know exactly which one's his house. To the exclusion of um, these houses that aren't ex- exclusively for you if you don't yet know which one exactly is your house. And therefore it also excludes 
the synagogue that it doesn't specifically belong to any one person. Therefore, it makes more sense to say, like we said originally, that when one b'risa says, or when one source says that uh, uh, synagogues can get saras, and another source says that synagogues cannot get saras. So we made a distinction initially that it depends if there's an apartment in the synagogue or not for the, for the person who works there to live. If there's an apartment, it can contract saras. If there's no apartment, then it doesn't contract saras. Um, yeah, and that was an, an you know there was no problems with that with that with that suggestion. Um, whereas we wanted to suggest that maybe it depends if it's in a big city or a small village. We had kashas on the big city. We had kashas on the small village. We said kind of leave leave, leave that leave that to the side. Zok de gemaru acher. Okay, so the Mishnah had said that um, the kohen gadol. Quarantines for seven days, and we also set up a backup kohen gadol just in case a backup just in case the kohen gadol gets some kind of a psul, some kind of reason why he wouldn't be able to do the avod on yom kippur. So then you have the backup prepared. So here's the interesting thing, friends. This backup, if he's going to be doing the avoda, he has to be the kohen gadol. The kohen, the, the avoda on yom kippur. Interestingly enough, mamish the entire avoda, shechting the korban tamid, everything needs to be done only by the only by the kohen gadol. And therefore, if a psul happens with the kohen gadol, the kohen gadol becomes pasul. He sees he sees carry whatever it might be. He can't do the avoda. So this isn't just a backup. We have to make this backup into a coin gadol. The coin gadol is not available to do the avoda. The avoda is only kosher by a coin gadol. This backup, we have to do something to make him into a coin gadol. So says the Gemara, I understand if the primary coin gadol became possible before the Talmud Shoshachar. Because then how do we make the... Then how do we make this... Kohen, um, oh, interesting that we seem to be making a distinction here between the Avod of Yom Kippur versus the Talmud Shoshachar. Okay, Seder, fine, whatever it is. This backup Kohen Gadol, how do we make him into an actual Kohen Gadol so that when he then does the Avod of Yom Kippur, he will already be the Kohen Gadol? So says the Gemara, well, if the primary Kohen Gadol became possible before the Talmud Shoshachar, well, let the backup put on the eight garments of the Kohen Gadol, do the avod of the Talmud Shoshachar. By doing the avod of the Talmud Shoshachar in all the eight garments of the Kohen Gadol, he'll then become the Kohen Gadol. So now by the time the avod of Yom Kippur, of the specific to Yom Kippur comes around, he's already the Kohen Gadol because he already did the, Kohen, the, 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 the Korban Talmud Shoshachar in the eight garments of the Kohen Gadol. He's now a Kohen Gadol. Mazel tov. So says the Gemara, Pshita irbo psul kodim tamit shoshachar. So certainly, obviously, if the primary kohen gadol became possible before the offering of the morning offering on Yom Kippur, mechanchen also betamit shoshachar. So we inaugurate the backup kohen gadol to actually be a kohen gadol by offering the tamit shoshachar in the eight garments of the kohen gadol. Ela irbo psul achar tamit shoshachar. But what happens? If the primary Kohen Gadol becomes possible after he had already offered the Korbet Talmud Shoshachah, then how do we make the backup into an actual Kohen Gadol prior to the Avodah of Yom Kippur so that by the time he's doing the Avodah of Yom Kippur, he's already Mamash Kohen Gadol? 
well, there's a difference. The difference between the Kohen Gadon Yom Kippur and a Kohen Hedyot is regarding the belt. That a Kohen Gadol, all of the days of the year, his belt is made out of shatnas. It's made out of kilayim. It's made out of a combination of linen as well as different kinds of wools. Now the belt of the Kohen Hedyot is also made out of shatnas. However, the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, when he does the avoda in the four garments of the Kohen Hedyot, the belt that he uses is purely a linen belt. And therefore, the only time that there's a Kohen who does the avoda wearing a linen belt, that is the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, when he does the avoda in the four garments of the Kohen Hedyot, his belt is unique in that it's a linen belt. And therefore, says Ravada Barahava, since the this backup coin when he does the avodah of Yom Kippur he's going to be wearing a linen belt which is unique to the coin Gadol on Yom Kippur that is how he's going to distinguish himself from every other coin and show that he's the coin Gadol and that will make him into the coin Gadol and he'll be able to do the avodah of Yom Kippur says the Gemara so that makes sense says the Gemara if you assume that just like the Kohen Gadol wears a belt made out of shatnas, also a Kohen Hedjit, a regular Kohen, wears a belt made out of shatnas. And therefore, the only time when you would have a Kohen doing the Avoda in a belt made out of linen would be the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. Sure. But according to the opinion that while the belt of a Kohen Gadol is made out of shatnas, however, the belt of a Kohen Hedjit is made out of linen. Well, if that's the case, when the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur does the Avoda in the four garments of a Kohen Hedjit, and he's wearing a linen belt, well then he's wearing the exact same garments that a Kohen Hedjit wears every single day, in which case he's no different than a Kohen Hedjit, so what makes him into the Kohen Gadol? So, what can you say? So, says Abaye, well, in that case, if the primary Kohen Gadol became apostle after he had already offered the Talmud Shoshachar and now we need to quickly inaugurate this backup coin into a make him a coin Gadol what he could do is he could put in all eight garments go over to the Mizbeach find the coin uh, find the Talmud Shoshachar that's still burning take a a, a, a um, an iron um, fork and kind of flip around flip over stoke the meat that's on the Mizbeach, make it cook a little faster. By doing that, that's considered an avoda. And he did the avoda b'shmona begadim. Now he's the kohen gadol. Now he could do also the avoda of Yom Kippur. Ochdu Ravuna, like Ravuna's opinion, the Amar Ravuna says Ravuna zarsha hafach b'tzinora chayav misa. If you have a non-kohen who climbs up onto the mizbeach and he takes a fork and he and he and he prods the meat that's burning on the mizbeach, that's considered an avoda, and therefore he's chayav misa. So we see that. That's stoking the meat with, um, you know, prodding the meat with this, that's burning with this fork. So that would be considered an avoda. Let him do that with the eight garments. He now becomes the, the Kohen Gadol, Mazel Tov. And now he can do the avoda of Yom Kippur. Says, actually, he doesn't need to climb onto the Mizbeach and poke some meat. Rather, the avoda that he does, the work, the service that he does on Yom Kippur in the Beis HaMikdash, that is enough to make him into the 
coin. Boy, 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 guys, sneeze. That is enough to make him into the coin gadol, right? Just the fact that he does the service of the coin gadol on Yom Kippur that makes him memele into the coin gadol. Milotani, because after all, don't we have a bris that says called Kalim Shasa Moshe that all of the vessels for the Mishkan that Moshe made Mishichasin Mekadashin, so they anointed them with the anointing oil. And that's what made them holy. But from then on, after the initial building of the Mishkan, they wouldn't necessarily anoint the vessels with the anointing oil. They would just use them in the context of the service of the Mishkan. And that's what made them holy. So here also, so here also, Papa wants to suggest, wants to argue, that in the event that the primary coin Gadol became Apostle, after he had already offered the Talmud Shachar, so then how do we make the backup coin Gadol into an actual coin Gadol? By him doing the Avodah of Yom Kippur, then Mimele makes him into the coin Gadol. Very, very interesting. Okay. Kiyosu Dimi. So now we get into the discussion of the belt of a coin hedget. The belt of a coin hedget, was it made out of shotness like the coin Gadol, or was it made out of linen? When Ravdimi came from Eretzisol to Bavel, Omar, he said, When it comes to the belt of a regular Kayin, one of them says that the Avnit of the Kayin Hejit was made out of Kilayim, out of Shatniz, and the other opinion is that it was made out of linen. Let us conclude that Rebbe is the one who says that the gartel of the Koyen Hejit was made out of Kilayim, out of Shatnes. The Tanya is within the Brisa, ain't been Koyen Gadol the Koyen Hejit. There's no difference between a Koyen Gadol and a Koyen Hejit. Ela Avnet Divi Rebbe. The only difference is the gartel, is the belt. That is Rebbe's opinion. Okay. Rebbe Shimon says, no, there's no difference in between the belt of a coin gadol and a coin hedget. Okay. Amos. This machlokas between Rebbe and Rebbe Shimon about, is there a difference between the coin gadol and a coin hedget regarding their belt or not? On what day? We're talking about Yom Kippur, we're talking about the rest of the year. In name of Mishayim, if you say that we're talking about the rest of the year, Tuvaika, coin gadol, Mishamish, Bishmona, Behedget, Ba'arba. What do you mean? There, 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 there are a number of differences between a Kayin Gadol and a Kayin Hedget. It's not just the Gartel. The Kayin Gadol has eight garments. The Kayin Hedget has four garments. So if we're saying that the only difference possibly between the Kayin Gadol and the Kayin Hedget is the belt, well then we're not talking about the rest of the days of the year. Ella, Lab Yom HaKippurim. It must be talking about An Yom Kippur. It must be talking about An Yom Kippur. When the Kayin Gadol does the service in the four garments of the Kayin Hejit. And we're saying that the only difference according to Rebbe is regarding the belt. That the belt of the Kayin Gadol on Yom Kippur is made out of linen, whereas the belt of a Kayin Hejit the rest of the year is made out of Shatnez. And Elazar Reb Shimon says, no, the, Kayin, the belt of the Kayin Hejit, the, um, uh, the belt of the Kayin Hejit in general is made out of linen, and therefore, there's no difference between the belt of the Kayin Gadol on Yom Kippur or any of the garments of the Kayin Gadol on Yom Kippur and the garments of a Kayin Hejit the rest of the year because they will both be, their gartel is made out of linen. 
And so we see that Rebbe's opinion is that the Gartel of a Kohen Hedget is made out of Shatnas, and the Gartel of a Kohen Hedget is made out uh well that the opinion of Rebbe is that the Gartel of a Kohen Hedget is made out of Shatnas, and the opinion of Reb Elazar Reb Shimon is that the Gartel of a Kohen Hedget is made out of linen. Fine. Amri la lo olam b'shayi mosa shana uvanach t'shavion. Okay, t'shavion. Oh, the Gemara says no. It's not. It's not conclusive that we're saying that the machlokas between Rebbe and Reb Elazar Reb Shimon is specifically on Yom Kippur. You could argue that the machlokas is actually the rest of the days of the year, and we're just saying in the garments that overlap. So sure, yeah, there's a difference between the Kohen Gadol and a Kohen Hedget. You know, there's a difference in that the Kohen Gadol has eight garments and the Kohen Hedget has four garments. That's obvious. We're saying, but even with regard to the four garments that overlap, the mitznefes, the hat, the avnate, the belt, the uh, ksonis, the tunic, and the uh, michnasayim, the pants, those both the Kohen Gadol and the Kohen Hedget wear. And we want to say that you could theoretically argue that the machlokas between Rebbe and Reb, Elazar Reb Shimon is regarding these four garments for the rest of the days of the year, that Rebbe says that the difference is regarding the gartel, that the Kohen Gadol wears shadnez, but Afka the Kohen Hedget would wear linen, and Rebbe Elazar Reb Shimon would be saying that no, that there's no difference between the gartel, that they're both made out of shadnez. So you, it's inconclusive, right? You could say that the machlokas is Davka and Yom Kippur, in which case Rebbe says that the gartel of the Kohen Hedget is made out of shadnez, and Rebbe Elazar Reb Shimon says it's made out of linen, or you could say that Taka the machlokas is the rest of the days of the year, in which case Rebbe would be saying that the Gato of the Kohen Gadol is made out of the Kohen Hedget is made out of linen, and Rebbe Lozbe Shimon would be saying that it's made out of Shadnez. It's inconclusive, but let's go weiter. Kiyasa Ravin, when Ravin came, Omar, he said, and we're going to see from Ravin that it's actually explicit, it's pretty clear that Rebbe's opinion is that the Avnit of the Kohen Hedget was made out of Shadnez. Kiyasa Ravin, when Ravin came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, Omar, he said, that the belt of a Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, everyone agrees, there's no, there's no disputing the fact that the gartel of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur was made out of linen. That's for sure. And everyone also agrees that certainly the belt of the Kohen Gadol the rest of the year was made out of shotness. Certainly. However, the machlokas between Rebbe and Rabbi Lazar Shimon is regarding the belt of the of a regular kohen, whether it's on Rosh Hashanah, uh, the rest of the days of the year, or whether on Yom Kippur, what was the belt of the kohen hedget made out of? Rebbe Omer, Rebbe's opinion is shel kilayim that it was made out of shatnis. Rabbi Lazar Shimon Omer shel boots. And it says Rebbe Lazar Reb Shimon that the belt of a Kohen Hedget was made out of linen. So there you have it. Rebbe's opinion is that the belt of a Kohen Hedget was made out of shotness. The belt of a Kohen... And Rebbe Lazar Reb Shimon says that the belt of a Kohen Hedget was made out of linen. It says Yitzchak, I can also prove it to you from a brisa. Al-Basaro, the Pasuk says in the context of Truma Sadeshen, Truma Sadeshen was the... Every single day, they would take a shtickle from the ashes of the Mizbeach and they would put it next to the Mizbeach, I think by the Beis Adeshen, the Makom Adeshen. So it says in that, kasu, in that Pasuk that he will have linen garments al besaro. it'll be on his flesh, Matam Loma Yilbash, so then why, right, it says, V'lavash akoin midovad, u'michna sevad yilbash al besaro. Right, so the Pasuk says that, that the, that the Koyin will wear linen garments, 
And then also, Michnasayim of linen, he will wear on his flesh. So the question is, if it already says Vilavash at the beginning of the Pasuk, how come it has to say Yilbash again? You can just drop the word Yilbash and the Pasuk will be just fine. So how come it says Yilbash? So Abusar Matamaloma Yilbash, how come it says Yilbash? Lavi, Mitznevis, Vaabni, Lara Mosadesh, and Divab Yudas. So Yudas' opinion is that what we're learning out from the word Yilbash, the extra word Yilbash, is that the Kohen who does the true Masadeshin has to wear his mitznefes, his hat, the avnet, and his belt. Kilu, even though the Pasuk only specifically mentions Michnasayim, the pants, however, the true Masadeshin is a proper avoda. The Kohen would also have to be wearing his mitznefes, his avnet, okay, all the Dalit garments. Reb Dosa Omer says, Reb Dosa, Lohavi Big Day Kohen Gadol Biyom HaKippurim Shein Kshein L'Kohen Hedjit. Interesting. Says Reb Dosa, that what we learn out from this Pasuk is that from Yilbash, that he will wear, what it means is that something separate. It's teaching that the garments that the Kohen Gadol wears, the four garments that the Kohen Gadol wears on Yom Kippur, when he does the Avoda, can be worn the rest of the year by a regular Kohen Hedjit. Rebbe responds to Rebdosa and he says, I can ask two kashas on you, Rebdosa. Chada, number one, number one, the, the gartel that the Kohen Gadol wears on Yom Kippur is different than the gartel of a Kohen Hedjit the rest of the year. So how could it be, how could you say, Rebdosa, that the garments that the Kohen Gadol wears on Yom Kippur can be worn by a Kohen Hedjit the rest of the year they're not the same garments. The Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur wears a gartel of linen, whereas the Kohen Hedjit the rest of the year, well, every day of the year, wears a gartel of shotness. So again, we see that Rebbe's opinion is that the Kohen Hedjit wears a gartel of shotness. And additionally, These garments that were used for a very high level, an extremely high level of holiness, the Avoda and the Kodosh HaKodoshim on Yom Kippur, you're just going to use it for sort of regular levels of holiness of a coin hedge the rest of the year. Therefore, Rebbe does not feel comfortable saying that Yilbash teaches that the begadim of a coin gadol can be used by a coin hedge the rest of the year. Then what do you learn out from Yilbash according to Rebbe? To teach that even worn out garments can be used for the avodah as long as they're not ripped. But if they're just worn out, you can write Yilbash. You can wear them even if they're worn out. That's Rebbe's opinion. Was the Rebdosa the time? Rebdosa who says that the um, garments of the Kohen God on Yom Kippur can be used by Kohen Hedjit the rest of the year. He goes according to his opinion. The Tanis, we learn in the Bible, Vinicham Shab. Right? It says that the Kohen God on Yom Kippur, he takes off the uh, garments that he wore inside the Kodesh Kodashim when he did the Avod and he leaves them there. Mlavachitun in Geniza, which teaches that you have to bury them. You have to, you have to put them in uh, Geniza. Rebdosa Omer says, Rebdosa, Shelo Yishtamish Boen Yom Kippurim Acher. It means that he can't use it for another Yom Kippur, but you don't necessarily have to, you know, bury them. You, they can be used by another Kain Hedyet the rest of the days of the year. So there you go. Very interesting discussion there. So we see that. Once again, that the opinion of Rebbe is that the gartel of a coin hedget is made out of shotness. There you have it. Which then, therefore, if we tie it back into the earlier machlokas, it must be that it's Rebbe Lazar's, Rebbe Shimon's opinion that the gartel of the coin hedget was made out of linen. Now we see, we get into the discussion of, so this backup coin gadol, that we now made Mamish into a coin gadol in order so that he could do the Avodan Yom Kippur. 
Um, what happens to him when the coin Gadol, you know, after Yom Kippur, when the, the primary coin Gadol is no longer possible? Now what happens? It's an interesting, interesting discussion. So, Tanur Rabbanon, the rabbis thought, Irabo Psul, Uminu So, if the primary coin Gadol developed some kind of a Psul, so they had to appoint, they had to make the backup into a Mamish, a coin Gadol, so they could do the Avodah on Yom Kippur. Rishon Chozad Avodah So, when the primary coin Gadol becomes unpossible, so he goes back to his position as coin Gadol. Sheni, so now what happens with this? Second coin gadol, essentially, you have two coin gadols now, right? What happens? You have the other coin, who you made into a coin gadol, so he could do the avoda. What happens to him now? There's two coin gadols, essentially. Remer says, yeah, there's a duplicate. He's all the all the halachas of a coin gadol, certain halachas like coin gadol in terms of tumah, in terms of uh, uh, you know certain haircuts, things like that. There's different halachas, right? Kohen Gadol, Makriv Onein. So he's a Kohen Gadol. You have a duplicate Kohen Gadol. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, Rishin Chozel Avadaso. The primary Kohen Gadol goes back, you know, reclaims his position. Sheni Eino Royla, the Kohen Gadol, the Kohen Hedget, says Rabbi Yossi that the, the, the backup Kohen Gadol, he kind of is stuck in the middle. He's a Kohen Gadol, so you can't, you can't, do things as a coin hedget because he's not a coin hedget. So he can't do like a voda and four begadim like he's not. He's a coin gadol. But he also doesn't act as the coin gadol because there's a different coin gadol. So he's kind of stuck. Right? So again, so Rabbi Yossi, Omer says Rabbi Yossi, Rishon Chozel Avadaso, the primary coin gadol, you know, takes back his place as the coin gadol. Sheni and Aroy, the coin gadol, the coin hedget, the second is not fit to be neither a coin gadol nor a coin hedget. Um, Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi, Maise, Rabbi Yossi ben Elam mitzipori. There was a story from Yosef ben Elam of Tzipori, Sheirba Psul B'Koyen Gadol, that the primary Koyen Gadol got a Psul Minu Tachtov, and they made, they appointed Yosef ben Elam to be the Koyen Gadol in his place for the Avodah Yom Kippur. And what they said to Yosef ben Elam is, look, now that the Koyen Gadol is no longer possible, he takes back his place as the Kohen Gadol. You, Yosef, and Elam are not fit to be a Kohen Gadol or a Kohen Hajit at this point. Kohen Gadol Mishum Eva, the reason why uh, Yosef and Elam, why the backup Kohen Gadol can't be the Kohen Gadol, can't be a duplicate Kohen Gadol when the primary Kohen Gadol becomes unpossible, is because of Eva. Because of like bad vibes between the primary Kohen Gadol and this new Kohen Gadol, it's not nice to have kind of duplicates around. It creates weird vibes. And therefore, the Kohen Gadol is always going to be kind of like um, self-conscious that, that the backup Kohen Gadol, who's now the duplicate, is always just going to want the primary one to like die so that he could take the Kohen Gadol. It's not going to create a healthy environment, Darton. So therefore, the backup Kohen Gadol, so he can't serve as like a duplicate Kohen Gadol because if Eva... Kohen Hedjit, and he also can't be a Kohen Hedjit, just a regular Kohen, Mishumailim Bakodesh Vlomoridin, because we go up in holiness, we don't go down in holiness. Therefore, if we upgraded him to be a Kohen Gadol, we're not going to downgrade him to be a Kohen Hedjit. So therefore, he can't. Nishtehin Nishteher. Amrav Babachanam Rabbi Yochanan, Halachik Rabbi Yossi, says Rabbi Babachanan, then Rabbi Yochanan, that Halacha is Taka like Rabbi Yossi, that he kind of, that the backup becomes stuck. Umod Rabbi Yossi, but Rabbi Yossi nonetheless admits Shem Avad, Shem Avad Avodah Sukshera that if this backup Kohen Gadol, who is now an actual Kohen Gadol, 
even though he shouldn't be doing any kind of avoda, neither as a Kohen Gadol nor as a Kohen Hedget, if he did do the avoda as a Kohen Gadol, not as a Kohen Hedget because he's not a Kohen Hedget, but if he did do avoda in the base of Mikdash as a Kohen Gadol, it would work because the fact of the matter is he is a Kohen Gadol. But he shouldn't. He should just be stuck. Amarav says, Reviewed in the Nimrav, Alacha Krabiosi, that the Alacha is like Rabiosi. Umodu Rabiosi, however, Rabiosi admits, Sheim Mais Rishon Shechozal Abadaso, that if the primary Kohen Gadol dies, well, then at that point, the one who is the backup becomes the primary Kohen Gadol. Pshit, the Gemara says, Yeah, okay, that's obvious. What's, what's the big Kiddush there? Maudetema Habilate Tsar Mechaim Kmashmulan. Well, you may have thought that, well, if you say this, that if the primary Kohen Gadol dies, then the backup Kohen Gadol becomes the Kohen Gadol, maybe that might also create kind of weird vibes because like, you know, the whole time that now the primary Kohen Gadol is alive, he's always like thinking in the back of his mind, well, the backup really just wants me to, 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 to die and then he'll become Kohen Gadol and maybe that's weird vibes. So maybe because we don't want weird vibes, then we just say that the backup Kohen Gadol never becomes Kohen Gadol. We say, no, that's not true. If the, if the primary Kohen Gadol dies, so then this backup now is able to become Kohen Gadol. That was Daf Yud Beis of Masechta Yoma. I, I, my opinion is that it was a very interesting Daf. What did we discuss? Inheritance of Jerusalem. Was Jerusalem divided up to any tribes? So one opinion is yes. It was divided up to Judah and Binyamin. The other opinion is that no, it wasn't divided up to any tribes. All, all the tribes had an equal claim to Jerusalem. Interesting. We discussed the belt of a Kayan Hedget. What was it made out of, right? So the belt of a Kayan Gadol in general is made out of shotness. It's made out of linen and different kinds of wools. Um, the belt of the Kayan Gadol on Yom Kippur, when he does the Avod, the avod in the, in the, in the Kodesh Kodashim, is made out of linen. What about the belt of a Kayan Hedget? So it's Machlokas. Rebbe says it's made out of shotness, just like the belt of a Kayan Gadol. And Rebbe Lezab Shimon says it's made out of linen, the belt of a Kayan Hedget. Very interesting. Using the garments of a Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur for a Kohen Hedget. Right? The four garments that the Kohen Gadol wears, the Fnai V'lefnim on Yom Kippur, can a Kohen Hedget wear them the rest of the days of the year? Rebbe says, no. First of all, they're different. The Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, his gartel is made out of linen, whereas the Kohen Hedget the rest of the days of the year, his gartel is made out of Shadness, so you, they're not even the same garments, Bichal. And also, uh, um, um, the, you know, the, these garments that were used in the Kodesh Kodashim for the Avoda of Yom Kippur, you're just going to use for regular Avoda. So, therefore, Re- Rebbe's not into it. Rebdosa says, yeah, sure, you can use the garments that the Yom Kippur wore, that, that the Kohen Gadol wore for the Avoda of Yom Kippur, you can use them for um, other Avodas. And um, for the vote of, of the Kohen Hedget the rest of the year. And then we got to the discussion of the backup Kohen Gadol, right? So when he becomes the, the uh, Kohen Gadol, oh, I skipped actually talking, an interesting discussion. But anyways, we'll get there back, back there in a second. But the backup Kohen Gadol, so Imamish became a Kohen Gadol, and maybe now I'll say what I skipped, which is that we saw an interesting machlokas between Abaye and, and, uh, and Rapapa about how does this Kohen the backup Kohen Gadol Mamash become a Kohen Gadol so that he can do the Avoda on Yom Kippur. So he said, look, if the Kohen, if the uh, primary Kohen Gadol becomes possible before the Talmud Shachar, well then that is easy because the backup Kohen Gadol, by offering the Talmud Shachar in the Shemona Begadim, so then he Mamash becomes the Kohen Gadol. But, and then by the time the Avoda of Yom Kippur comes along, he, he is already, um, uh, he's already the Kohen Gadol by then. Now, says, but what about if the primary Kohen Gadol only became possible after the Talmud Shachar? So then, how does the backup Kohen Gadol become Kohen Gadol? So Abayi says, well, just put on the eight Begadim 
go up to the Mizbeach, take a fork and prod some of the meat, and then it'll become Kohen Gadol. And it says to Papa, you don't need to do that. By doing the Avoda of, the, of Yom Kippur, so since the Avoda of Yom Kippur has to be done by the Kohen Gadol, Mimele, that makes him into the Kohen Gadol. And then the question is, what happens after Yom Kippur when the primary Kohen Gadol becomes unpuzzled? What about the backup? What happens to him? He's now, we now have duplicate Kohen Gadol. So Rabbi Meir says exactly, we have duplicate Kohen Gadol. Rabbi Yossi says, no, this backup guy, basically he gets stuck. That um, he can't serve as a Kohen Hedget because he's not a Kohen Hedget. And he also can't serve as a uh, Kohen Gadol because that would create weird vibes between them. So therefore he's just kind of stuck. However, if the, if the primary Kohen Gadol dies, so then the backup Kohen Gadol becomes Kohen Gadol. I hope you enjoyed that. If you'd base of Masech Yoma, cheers.